0: Welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast with me, Natasha Collins, property investor, chartered surveyor, and CEO of NC Real Estate, my boutique firm of surveyors, which specializes in helping investors make money from commercial and mixed-use properties in the UK through our asset management services. Want to find out more? Head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. Hi, everybody. How is it going? I hope you're all doing really, really, really well. Okay. So, this week's podcast is a hot topic for quite a few reasons. Um, But one of them is because it's a massive mindset shift, what I'm about to tell you. All right. So, here is why. I don't really spend much time on off-market property deals. (gasps) Now, if you listen to this podcast and you send me off-market property deals, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sending me deals through. Yes, we do have clients who've got cash to spend. And yes, if it is the right property, we will buy it. That is as simple as it is. However there are quite a few people on the commercial property circuit at the moment saying that they go and source off-market deals, which is fabulous. You know, if you're doing that, great. And suggesting that they are getting better prices from off-market deals, that in my experience is not the case. So I want to go through why I'm not really spending time on off-market deals. Now, whenever a deal comes into my inbox, and remember, I tell you that we get 10, 20, 30 deals into our inboxes every single day. Yeah, I'm recording this on a Sunday. I still have got property deals coming into my inbox. That is from other agents. That is from property searches. That is sometimes just people coming to me directly and saying, hey, Natasha, I've got this property for sale. In that moment, you cannot analyse 30 deals a day. So what I have to do is go through and see what search requirements I've got for my clients. And then I will allocate accordingly, Um, depending on what money is where, who's got money to spend, whether this fits their requirements or whether it doesn't fit their requirements at all, in which case I delete it and I don't look at it it would be lovely if i could go through all of those de- de- deals but i can't and that is why search requirements are such a big thing of mine they ha- we really do have to be hot on our goals and what we're aiming for if we're not then you end up searching the whole market for nothing because you get distracted by this property or this property or you know we could potentially be doing that the main thing that i'm after at the moment is mixed use properties. And when I say mixed use, I don't mean residential and commercial. I mean a bit of retail, a bit of office, a bit of an industrial. If it's got multiple units in it, that is what I am looking for. Ultimately, anything with more than three or four units in it, I would like a building of that size, anything up to around £900,000. That is what I'm after. Yes, we do the smaller stuff. Yes, we do the bigger stuff as well. So if you have those and you want to send them my way, certainly we've got budgets for it. Every time I then dig down into a property deal and I think, yes, this will suit one of my clients, it will take about an hour to an hour and a half of initial analysing. And that is because I want to go through all of the details that I have got on the property, all of the details that I haven't got on the property, So when I say details, I have got, do we have the lease details? So if there's tenants already in situ, do we have a start date of that lease? Do we have an end date of that lease? Do we have details of break clauses, rent reviews? When was the last rent agreed? What is the rent? What's the square footage on the unit? If I don't have the square footage to hand, I go to the valuation office agency and I go and have a look at the EPC as well, because that's going to be two places in which I can get the areas for that property. I'm also looking at the EPC ratings. Remember as of next April, the minimum energy efficiency standards have changed for commercial properties. So anything with an F and G cannot be let, cannot be sold. And the government are going to be having a look at that in detail. So if you've got an EPC up there that is F or G, they will be coming after you. So at this point in time, we have to be doing that. Now, if you buy a property with an F or G rating, it's not the end of the world. You you will have about six months in order to get that into the right um, standard. So you can be buying properties with these lower ratings. But of course, if you have to get a building up to standard, you're gonna have to spend money on it. So that's why I look at that. I look at what empty units we've got. I look at comparables in the local area. What have buildings been selling for? What yields have they been selling at? Where are the rents? How have the rents fluctuated? What are the void periods in the area? All of this good stuff. That's off the bat. As soon as we've got a deal, because that's the only way I'm going to be able to tell, have we got opportunities to increase the value of this property? Is it just going to be a great buy and hold? Or are there things that need to be done? And so things like the EPC are really going to be vital. And is this property in an area that I could actually imagine something big happening from? So I do a lot of Google street viewing. I look at local lettings. I, I just look to see what's going on in the area. Could this be a property we could use innovatively? If yes, fabulous. That property then goes into our uh, deal funnel internally where uh, my whole surveying team will then have a look into it. We we peer review it internally because I get very excited about things. I'm ever the optimist in terms of property deals. I need the other surveying team to maybe put a lid on that because I always look at things from, whilst I deal, I analyze a deal from worst case scenario if I see that it works at worst case scenario, I'm then amazingly excited about the deal, right? That's how it tends to go. If it doesn't work at worst case scenario, it gets binned. Well, it gets put in the no pile or it might get put in the come back to in three to six months pile where we just go through, and we check if it's sold or if it hasn't. So I've got a very good system in place, which we churn through a lot. And on-market deals, off-market deals, everything that comes into all of our inboxes flood through this and we filter it out, filter it out, filter it out. And if one of our clients can buy it, then we will certainly take that step further. Now, what's the next step from there? Well, we've analysed it. We've gone through it. We've gone, yes, okay, this seems like something that we could do. I will have also thought about a price that we would pay for this property, it probably isn't going to be asking price. It's probably going to be a little bit under. And the reason being is that, of course, properties come to the market at the highest asking price. It's not as if anybody in a falling market right now is coming in and going, yeah, actually, I've seen this property and I'm going to pay a couple of hundred thousand pounds over it. The only time, the only time I see that is if we've got special purchases, in which case someone is acquiring the land, they've got a reason to buy this property, they don't want anybody else getting involved in the deal, in which case they're going to overbid. We did see a property this week that came to the market for 250000 sold for 450000 Why did that happen? Well, the neighbour owned the next door property and land, and it was a land grab. Fabulous. Okay. You and I are not going to pay that for that property. (laughs) It's as simple as. So again, falling market, we're not seeing, we're not going to be going in over as we were probably seeing about two years ago when everybody had money to spend. Right. So then what we can assume is that the agent has bought the property to market or Actually, I'm going to talk about on-market deals. The agent has bought the property to market and they've priced it at the top of the market where they think they might be able to stretch to and then they are expecting a negotiation. I'm always assuming that even if it says offers in excess of, they have put a price on that because they know that's probably the top of where they're going to get. I think that is a fair and reasonable assumption. As a surveyor, I'm expecting that to happen. I am going to go in and negotiate on that. So, always within my deal analysis, I am then going to put where I think we should actually buy the property, what value it is. We do a complete deal analysis on that. Brilliant. Okay. And then it's about digging even deeper. So, at this point, I show it to my client and I say, here you go, look at this property, it looks awesome, we do need to do more digging on it, but what do you think? Is this something you'd like us to do more digging on it? If they say yes, fab, if they say no, great. So usually it's a yes, because we're very picky on what we show to our clients, it's got to be the right thing for them. So from there, we then go back to the agent, and we ask for all of the micro details. So we're looking for health and safety. So asbestos, fire safety, gas safety, electrical safety, that's really important. We are looking for more details on the leases, deposits, for example. Uh, We're looking at are any tenants in arrears? Are the tenants paying service charge? All of this goodness. This means that we can get a more accurate picture of the property. And then if there are things that... uh, we would need to put in place as the buyer. So if we would need if we were going to need to do some of the health and safety, for example, or we were going to need to put in place a service charge, or maybe there's arrears outstanding, or there's a void a vacancy in one of the units, we discount this into our analysis so that we know where we would offer. Because if there is a vacant property, It's going to cost money to let the property. We've got agency fees, we've got legal fees, all of that goodness. So we have to factor that in. And then we get to the place where we can offer. And usually, as surveyors, being able to detail all of this to agents means that we get in on a good footing so there's some negotiation in there we know what we're going to offer and we can prove at this point finance whether we've got lending or not and then it's an arms length transaction we can negotiate and we come to the right price all things considered that's how it works that's how offering on a deal works that's our deal analysis process before we put in an offer it's probably you know a good 3 4 hours Worth of looking into a deal gone into that. And that's for properties that are on the market. Just want to take a break in this podcast to let you know that the members club is closing on Friday, the 9th of December for this year. And it's the last time that you are going to get the members club at £1,397 plus VAT per annum that is it. So if you want help with all of your deal analysis and searching for the right properties, essentially the process that I have been going on about in this podcast, you are going to want to join the members club and you also get our signature commercial property investment course, getting to grips with commercial included. It is your one-stop shop for finding out everything about commercial property investment so if you want to take advantage of this final price for 2022 that's it next year we are putting the price up you want to go to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash members club click join now and we will see you in the members club i cannot wait to get to know you and your property portfolio So now let's go to the off-market deal. And this is this is where I find that it gets more difficult. It's great. I get sent an off-market deal and of course we analyse it. So it goes through that, an- that analysis rigmarole. But usually what an off-market deal comes with is, hey, Natasha, this is my property and this is what I'll accept for it. Great you've got a figure in mind, that figure may not be any reflection of what's going on in the market. So the additional step that I have to get over here is, does this amount that you want for the property have any reflection of what the deal is? And then things start to slow down. Because it takes a lot of time going backwards and forwards to figure out where leases are. Have you done an EPC? Well, obviously, I can check that on EPC register. But and is it your property? That's a big thing. Is it your property? Ah, uh, when someone comes to me with an off-market deal, I have to make sure that they actually own the property and can sell the property. <laughs> That's a massive one, right? And so there's often a bit of a fence. Taken when someone's like, Well, of course I own the property. I don't know, you just sent me an email saying, Do you want to buy this property? All right. <laughs> but is it yours to sell? Who are you selling it on behalf of? What is all of this? Then there might be missing leases or leases that aren't there, in which case I have to see if they're more than seven years, if they've been registered at land registry, can I get hold of them there? Then it's the case of have you done your health and safety? Please can I have a look at this? Uh Do you have the areas of the property? What information, what other information, you know, do you have about this property? So it takes a lot longer to go through an off the market deal analysis, which again is fine. But then we're spending all of that time on it to get to a point where I cannot offer what you are asking for. And here's the reasons why. And my experience to date with all. Oh, I think one or two off market deals is that when I try to explain why the property is only worth X to us and this is what we would pay, I am completely shut down as a time waster. Even though I've just spent an hour and a half on it or two hours or emails backwards and forwards trying to find out what's going on. And maybe the person who's got the off market deal hasn't got the leases so I've had to go and spend money on land registry trying to figure out what's going on that's what can be very frustrating with off-market deals and the same as unless I have a client that is specifically wanting to add to the portfolio so if we are if we're land building for example so say I've got a property and I want the one next door as well well of course I'm going to go and speak to the owner directly but if we're not building that kind of thing there is not really too much point in me going and spending money to do direct to vendor ads where they're not going to have any of the details that I need in order to analyze the deal it's not like residential if you have one on a street, you know that the labour is like, it is going to be this kind of price. If we don't have any of the lease details or the income details, I don't really know what's going on. So that becomes really hard and it becomes very time consuming. And you put a lot of money into something to get something back where someone might think, oh, someone's buying in the area. I'm just going to put up the price and not have anything ready. And that's why I'm not really a fan of me going direct to vendor to be off market I want to be approached by an agent and of course I've got lots of contacts lots and lots of contacts where agents will then come to me and say hey Natasha I've got x y and z do you want to buy it we'll have a look through it and they may not have gone to market or they may have gone to market whatever um that doesn't matter but they will have come to me and said this might suit your client in which case fabulous that is also music to my ears because it means that a seller has actually prepared to sell this property and they should have a lot more of the information to hand than someone who has just been approached out of the blue think yeah this is a money grab why not let me sell it and then I have to do all the work on the selling side as well as go through the deal analysis and act for my client and I'm actually acting for the buyer not the seller but I've approached them and they now think that I want to work with them I'm not doing that I'm working for the seller so it gets all very confused Um, and finally my other point is people who actually bring their properties to market or give it to an agent to market or a surveyor to market actually want to sell and actually want to negotiate there would be no point them paying for agency fees without them doing that so that puts me in a position of being able to negotiate and I like that right so that is why I don't spend much time going direct to vendor and finding these off-market deals And I'm putting that in these quotation marks, because I assume that's what people think is off-market deals. Rather, I build up relationships with agents because we're always chatting to agents. They send us through deals. I also go to the market and have a look at what comes to the market because I can't know every agent in the country. I mean, I wish I could, but I don't know every agent in the country and I look at what's got going on, do a deal analysis based upon my clients' requirements. And we come to an agreement accordingly. I don't know what else I'm missing. (laughs) And that's why I don't spend much time on off-market deals. And I don't even think about it. On-market, off-market, whatever. I just analyse what comes into my inbox based upon the requirements that I've got at the time. So, yeah. Because I think the big mindset problem that people have is, oh, our off market may mean that it's special, may mean that I'm getting a discount. My opinion, or my opinion, my experience, my experience is that that doesn't tend to happen. Uh, we do get sometimes good deals when they're off market, but majority of the time, no. Because, um the seller's not going to negotiate with me on price, in which case it's overpriced and we're not going to spend much more time on it. It just gets parked for three to six months. And I'll email again in three to six months and see if they sold it and whether they'll do a discount then. That's kind of the only, but I'm not going to waste my time on that if we can get deals going now that we can buy at better prices. (laughs) That's my, that's my... Thought process on finding deals. I will look at everything and everything on market, whatever an agent sends to me. If it's off market, fabulous. But I will only really concentrate on the things that I can do deals on and I can get the right price. And I would suggest if you're a commercial investor listening to this, that's all I'd focus on too. It doesn't matter where it comes from, all that matters is you get it at a good price and there we have it. That's what. why I'm not spending much time on off-market deals. I literally just go out to the market as a whole and find the right ones to suit my search requirements, and I do not worry about whether it's on-market, off-market, or whatever you want to call it. That doesn't matter as long as if you have a goal to buy property, you're buying property. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've loved this pod, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and make sure to leave a five star review as this makes me so happy and it helps to boost the show and get it out there to more property investors. Finally, if you want to email the pod, you can write to me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.